You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 14th, episode 3306. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned... And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the second Tuesday of the month. And as we've been doing for the last 10, 11, 12 years, I don't even remember, (laughs) uh, we have Karen here who's going to talk endurance. Uh, It's nice to be back with you, Karen. Jennifer's done the last couple of these. Right, right. Yeah, it's good to have you on with uh, with me, Glenn. Well, coming up on today's show, we're talking virtual today with Abigail, who's going to tell us about the virtual Tevis for 2024. We have Christina joining us from the Warhorse Virtual Endurance Rides, plus Jenna Harrison, who was the winner of the 2023 AERC National Championship 100-mile ride, all coming up on today's show. How long ago was it? 10, 11 years we started doing this uh, episode? It was. Yeah. Uh-huh. So 10, 11 years ago, when I started doing this with Karen, she had all of these stories to talk about because she had these amazing, you know, horses that had ridden a thousand million miles and she was going to competitions all the time. And then when those horses retired, she had to get young horses. And so for the last couple of years, not so much of the riding part. Uh, But today, oh, my God, I looked and you've done a lot of riding. I've been really busy since we recorded our last show with Jovi. He has been going all over the place. I've done a ride and tie. Uh, I did a 30-mile LD ride. Now, wait a minute. Did you a, did a ride and tie? I did a ride and tie. <laughs> I'm not a runner. I do not profess to be a runner <laughs> at all. So I it was shuffled. a ride and walk? Was a, uh, well, I shuffled. I shuffled. <laughs> ride and shuffle. Okay. So, um, <laughs> We're too old yes, for we, ride and ties, <laughs> I know. We, we did. And, it, good, and good the thing is, it rained on us the whole oh, day. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. But we did. And, um, you know, I sold Apollo, the, the big gray half thoroughbred that I had. And he did the long course. Uh, with his new owner there, and they ended up finishing first on the oh on that really? ride and wow. tie. Right now, the only problem with that is once Jovi saw Apollo. Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! I did not realize that he was so attached because when they were both here together, he never <laughs> acted like he even liked <laughs> Apollo. <laughs> and so, so oh my gosh, it, it was yeah, Jovi kind of. Um, Got a little bit anxious about seeing Apollo there, but we managed to get through that ride in Thai. And then I did a 30-mile ride at the Red Rock ride. And that's when I realized Jovi really is meant to be an endurance horse. His switch finally came on. And oh, so you got the light bulb moment? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's great. Because, you know, you're always at some point when the light bulb moment kicks in. How old is he it, now? He's nine. And you've had he's him for nine. how long? A couple of years. Yeah. 
Well, that's yeah. cool. Congratulations. And that's that's probably more exciting than finishing the race. It kind of was. Yeah. It was like, finally, you know, he figured it out. It's like, like you said, the light bulb came on. He realized what he was bred to do and he loves it. And so that was kind of fun. Well, that I makes life a whole I... lot more fun for you, too. <laughs> so. Exactly. Because for a while there, I thought, gosh, this is like the laziest horse. <laughs> Well, good. Yay. So yeah, he finished, so I, did well? He did. And I came home and I entered him in the 50 at the end of October. Um, and But in the meantime, I took him in the Nevada Day Parade on Saturday, which was terrific. He ended up leading the group. He's very solid and uh, safe. He just, nothing bothers him anymore. He's super, super, I mean, he just doesn't spook. He's just totally awesome. Now, so he's had I'm some like pretty thrilled. pretty big parade too, right? This was a big parade. There were 229 entries and wow. somewhere between 20 and 30,000 um spectators there. Wow. Yeah, and so after the parade, which was kind of a big deal, you know, because as you know, uh it, there's a lot of hurry up and wait and right. standing around right. and then you which finally get through the parade. Which is great for endurance horses, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. And so we got through that, then I I put him in the trailer and hauled him 4 hours and we went up to the Camp Far West ride in northern it's north of Auburn, California, and on Sunday I rode him in his first 50, which oh, wow. He did it quite the just, weekend. <laughs> it was quite the weekend. It it was yeah. And the the best part about that is we got to ride the 50 with Apollo and his new owner. Oh, okay. And both horses finished and did really well. We were so excited and we had such a I mean, we were so lucky for October 30th that it, that the um or maybe it was the 29th anyways um the, the weather was so perfect it was just wonderful and we had just a fantastic ride one of the funny things that happened during the ride i i trotted jovi out and when i turned him around at the end of the lane they had cones somehow jovi managed to step on the cone with his hind foot and it, and the cone stuck what? On his foot. Yeah. <laughs> and he trotted all the way back to the vet with the cone stuck on his foot. <laughs> and, Did you and, have cleats in or anything? Studs? No. It, it was just, <laughs> he had, well, his regular renegade boot on, but the, the cone somehow, I don't know how it managed to just bend around and stick, <laughs> stuck on his hind foot. And he didn't spook. And he, he didn't, didn't freak out. Step. He didn't do anything. Oh, my God. You got to keep this horse. <laughs> I know. And so, you know, our joke about him is because he is named after, you know, a rock star. So we tend to joke about him being a rock star. Like when I vetted him in, he still had glitter on his feet from doing the parade. And when I told the vet that, it, it, he says, well, I just thought that was because he's a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's but, amazing. That One, that he didn't freak out. And two, he finished it. He did. And he did really well. We finished with plenty of time to spare. We did the, so it was his first 50 and he did it in eight hours of ride time, which was a, a really nice. He um, just never ran out of gas all day. He just motored right along and, and did his thing. He went past the gun range with no problems, no issues. Did they have the gun range going? 
oh, they not only did the was the gun range going, but they were shooting stuff that was blowing up. <laughs> oh, great. That's great. And and who planned so, the ride right by the gun range? It, that's how it is every year because it's a it's just a busy gun range and you ride right past it. I mean, you're literally yards from where oh, they're how many, parked. How, and many, shooting. how many riders did not make it past the gun range? Well, on Saturday, there were five horses that got <laughs> loose and one was missing all the way until Sunday oh, night. No. Yeah. So there were five horses that did spook and dump their riders and take off. Luckily it's in a fenced in area. It, like 3,000 acres or 4,000 acres. So they were still, they knew they were there somewhere. They just had to find them. And some of them got found quickly and and some did. You want to do some desensitization before doing that ride. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or, yeah, when you know you're coming up to the gun range, you can always dismount and lead your horse if if you need to. But, you know, it worked out really good. Jovi and Apollo were both fine, but but I live next to two gun ranges. Yeah, so you're okay. So yeah. so any horse that lives here is used to it. Now the the thing, whatever it was they were shooting that was going, you know, making all this huge amount of sound and stuff going off. That's that was something that was a little bit new that we're not really used to, but. <laughs> TNT explosions are not something you have commonly in your neighborhood. Not, not commonly, <laughs> no. So, you know, I do what I can to train him. Um, you know, like with the new horses, I've been, you know, showing them balloons and then from a safe distance away, I pop them because that sounds just like, uh, you know, almost like a gun going off. And I've done that because our fairgrounds is now sometimes doing fireworks mm. displays and they're only a mile away. And so in September, I had only had the two new horses a couple of weeks, but we all went out there at, at, at those two nights that they did the fireworks and we all watched the fireworks together and it, and it was fine. That's amazing. Because I had... Yeah. Oh, you know what? If I was allowed to, I'd play the Bon Jovi song. I'd play I'll, I'll Be There For You because the, your <laughs> horse is. That's great. I know. He's doing wonderful. I'm I'd just sing thrilled it for with you, him. but you really don't want me to. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the other fun part is a, a couple weeks ago, one of my neighbors was driving by and she had her granddaughter with her and she pulls over. She saw me out working with the horses and I ended up giving her grand, her little granddaughter a ride on Jovi. I said, no problem. We'll, you know, bring her back over here. And so I put a helmet on her and put her up on Jovi and, and um, led her around my little obstacle course. And and the kid had just a great time. And I think the grandmother had even a better time. And I said, yeah, you know, he, he can, this horse can do everything. You know, he, he, I just, the weekend before I did a parade and then he went and did a 50 mile endurance ride. I said, the only thing left I really want to do with him is I'd like to teach him how to drive. And as it turns out, she used to breed Arabians and she drove her Arabian and oh. she says, you know what? I have a cart and I want to gift it to you. I oh, want wow. you to have. It. And we're talking, she's like two houses down the street from me. So the other last weekend we went up and kind of, we had to pull a bunch of stuff out of the storage to get to the cart and pulled it out. And I now have a cart. I'm just 
shopping for a harness for it, but the the cart seems to fit and um and it's perfect. So I'm gonna have so much fun training Jovi how to to drive in a cart now. I, I know you had some questions, so why don't we answer those in the in the auditor post show today? Okay, awesome. Welcome to my yeah. world, by the way. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so be the fun. other thing, the other thing I know that uh, Jennifer mentioned is that you've been doing some clicker positive reinforcement training and actually used the series that we have on the network called Clicker One Hundred and One. I have. I listened to all the clicker shows. Now I'm going through all the driving um, shows. <laughs> <laughs> Good so, luck. We had like a thousand of those. <laughs> oh, it's great to you know. It's so fun because you can just put them on and listen. When you're doing whatever, whatever it is that's, you know. Did, um, did you like, so Equine Clicker 101 for for new listeners is something that Shona Koresh did. And she's going to bring back, we're gonna, she's going to do another series, but she did 50 episodes. And it was basically lessons where she talks through what you're going to do. And then she has you go out to the horse and actually do it while you're listening. Did you find mm-hmm. that, that uh, structure to be useful? I did, and I thought she was wonderful with how she explained things and went through it. You know, without even visually seeing her do it, she described it so well. Just listening, you could, you you know, it sort of sunk in. And I went out with these horses, and oh my gosh, they're, you just have to do the clicker training or positive reinforcement with one of the horses, the others watch. And mm-hmm. then you go and get one of those other horses and they already know what to do because they watched the first mm. horse. There you go. It's yeah. It, it's, they it's mu- such a neat, neat way to train and work with the horse. It's, well, I if, definitely if recommend anybody it. wants to listen to it like Karen did, you can just look up Equine Clicker One Hundred and One on any podcast player, and it'll pop up. So, mm-hmm. and we have a we have a page for it on our our website at horseradionetwork.com dot com as well. Well, con- congratulations! This is all good news today. <laughs> Thanks. In your world, I like that. Finally, I finally, like that. and and the new little uh, gray horse I got. I've been on him four times now, so he's coming along. So, how many do you have now? Three. I have three. Three, okay, uh-huh. that's right. You have Jovi was the first two you got, and then you you got the two new ones. Since I've even the talked two. to you, you got the two new ones, right? Yeah. Yes, the two new ones, the little gray, and he's a very small horse. He's under fourteen hands, but I'm still I'm small enough. I I think it's not going to be a problem, and also I think you know I might want to train him to drive. He's got the same breeding that my horse Granite Chief had. You should see the big guys around here that are riding these little Pasifinos about this. So, so really? I think you'll be uh, fine. Yes, I think I'll be fine. Uh-huh. And then the little chestnut, he's only four. Um, and he came from the same breeder that Jovi did. So, well, um, well congratulations. I'm so happy nice, everything's going horse. well. Last time I talked to you, it was kind of you were you were not this happy. <laughs> so I'm glad. That makes me happy that you're Thanks. happy. Thanks. All yeah. right. We got a lot of guests to get to today. So let's give Kristen a call over at Distance Depot and get it rocking and rolling. Well, next up, we have Kristen, as I said, from Distance Depot, comes on with us every month. The Distance Depot, rather, comes on with us every month and chats about products that she has available. And today, she's talking about carrots. Kristen, when we hit, when Jennifer and I had our tax shop, Chris, our carrots had just started. And I remember they were the first ones really to come out with riding tights. 
Right. Um, because they were jeans and breeches, but they weren't tights. And <laughs> exactly. yoga, yoga pants had started to become a thing. And <laughs> you know, she came from the she came from different sports actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady who started carrots, and I remember carrying those. And then they had like black in the first year. Do you remember that? And then yes, yeah. And they put a pocket in it, which was unheard of. Um, uh, yeah, and they still do that. Yep. Thankfully, with our phones. Yeah, and it was with cell phones <laughs> weren't even a thing when they were starting right. to put a pocket in it. And then they came out with colors, and that's when it took off. Yeah, because, I, I remember my first pair. Excuse me, my first pair yeah. from I don't know a hundred years ago, and they were my favorite pair. And they had houndstooth on them, and then black detailing. They were really sharp. I thought I was so snazzy. Yeah, well, and you were. <laughs> I mean, because nobody else had anything like that back then. That's right. It was really yeah. just you know you had a couple colors of breeches, um, but that was it. Or jeans, you know. Yeah. It was. So what do you? What are now? They own the clothing world pretty much. They do. <laughs> so. Yeah, and she and I think she came um, from. I know at one point anyway, she had um, developed bathing suits. Yes. And um, then we were talking and you said she was a a rider. She she was a skier too, a a snow skier. skier. Yeah. 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 That's why I think she has all these great fabrics um, and, and her fashions all relate around riding. I mean, everything is, you know, flexible and bendable and comfortable to ride in. I think that's so important with this line. Now, I saw at the last trade show, they have some new products coming out. Do you have some of those? We sure do. Um, and they can be found on our new page um, for a little while. They'll stay there. Otherwise, you'll find them, you know, under For the Rider and Outerwear and and. We have a page for gloves and so on because, of course, they have a winter riding glove. They have neck warmers, ear warmers that fit under your helmet, which are super nice. Um, I'm sorry, headbands that fit under your helmet. Uh, I like them just to keep your ears warm. Um, All kinds of fun things like that. And then, of course, the tights. um, Probably the warmest one that we stock is the WinPro. It sheds um, hair, rain, mud. Um, and it's fleece lined. Honest to goodness, they feel like jammies. They're just <laughs> luxurious. Um, I wish these were, I'm not sure they had these when I was competing way back when, but these are um, pretty top of the line, warm winter um, fleecy tights. I love these. And we have it in a boot cut and in the regular tight. And then, of course, nice. from there, yeah, they go down to a lighter weight. And that's kind of a three season breach because you can wear it in the fall in the spring and in the winter, depending on where you live. Um, And then they have the um, fleece light tight, which is super light. Um, Still, we'll shed a little bit of the winter (laughs) cold air, um, but they come in a nice herringbone pattern, um, which is super stylish in gray and black is what we have. And then their other tight is a thermotech tight, which I really like. it has carrot sticks along the inside of the leg for a nice grip so that, um, you know, and the other two that I mentioned have knee patches, but the carrot sticks are nice because they're just sort of built into the fabric. That's I think that's kind of a cool thing that they do. Um, and it does help you grip so you're not sliding around up there. <laughs> um, and then we have a new denim stretch um, boot cut type, which has all the classic true jean detailing, um, of course, without the the jean rubbing (laughs) that you get when you wear jeans. Um, They have a a super grip, soft, extended knee patch, um, which gives you like a leather-like grip. And it's gray, so it's flattering. Um, It's a really nice-looking tight. And it has a fitted calf so that the pant won't slide up. 
So some really nice choices there, along with wool socks, um, fleecy tops, uh, merino wool top. And again, these are all designed for riders with flexibility, um, venting, fabrics that keep you cool. Um, you know, so if you do get sweaty, it wicks the moisture away from your skin. So lots of nice options here. And where do they find it on the website? Um, they can go to the new page right now. Everything's listed there for the winter and fall lines. Okay. Um, lots of nice choices. And we're just at thedistancedepot.com. I do want to mention, too, seeing we're coming up to the holidays, that mm-hmm. uh, you guys are the ones that do our embroidery for our logos for the Horses in the Morning and the Horse Radio Network logo. We actually have the new Horse Radio the Network logo one. up there now. Yeah. So if we're you- excited to start, yeah, to start embroidering that. And it you looks have shirts really nice. and what? You have shirts and jackets and all kinds of things shirts in there. Shirts and gear bags. Yeah, uh, all kinds of things. Hats, so you can put the logo on, on a ball cap, on a shirt, on a jacket, vest. We've got lots of um, – just visit the embroidery page under For the Rider. Um, and you'll see it there, the Horse Radio Network, Horses in the Morning Embroidery page. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I have to get a new some new hats. I I don't and your hats oh, yeah, are the nicest ones I ever up. bought. Where where your hats they fit well and <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You know, there's a difference in baseball hats. You yes, know, there are. Yeah, there's some yep, good ones and then some crappy ones. <laughs> so. uh-huh, my husband's a picky ball cap wearer, so I go off on him. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> thedistancedepot.com. Thanks, Kristen. We'll talk to you thank next you. month. Thanks, okay. Kristen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you go. Uh, you know, they do. If you do want to get your uh, your Horse Radio Network wear, just head on over there, scroll down the left side of the page, and you'll see a link to it. Uh, but you can get all different kinds of things. And we do have the Horses in the Morning logo. That's the yellow one with the Horsey Sunrise. And then a Horse Radio Network as well. All right. Our next guest is Abigail Madden, representing the Western States Trail. And we're going to be talking about the virtual Tevas for 2024. Welcome, Abigail. Good morning, Karen. Thank you for having me. Sure. We've had a lot of requests from listeners to learn more about some of the virtual events that are going on. So give us a little bit of an overview about what the virtual Tevis is. Back in 2020, um, the Western States Trail Foundation had to make a decision about having the the actual Tevis. And unfortunately, not um, unlike a lot of other events, we had to cancel the actual Tevis because of the global pandemic. Well, um, one of the other members of the Board of Governors, uh, Krista Ternage, came up with the idea of holding a virtual Tevis that year in 2020. And the thing just it, it, it took off. It was great. It gave people something to do in relation to Tevis. So we had a lot of uh Longtime actual Tevis riders participate that year because they couldn't do the actual Tevis, as well as a lot of folks that just wanted to be involved. Um, it's it's worldwide, so um, anybody was able to participate. So that was in 2020. Um, we're now here in 2023. We just wrapped up our fourth year, and um, really neat event. Like I said, it's it's worldwide, so it doesn't matter if you're in Australia or Iceland 
um, or in Auburn, California. Anybody can participate. And you don't have to be somebody that is an actual uh, Tevis rider or an endurance rider for that matter. We have two divisions. We have a riding division and a non-riding division. So, so could I do, could I, do, do I, I drive a uh, carriage? Could I do that? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, so we have people that walk, that hike, that cycle, that row. Um, we had a gal this year who, um, she does canacross and I'm not sure I'm saying that right, um, correctly, but, um, her horse, her horses, her dogs pull her in a little cart and that's how she achieved her hundred miles. And, um, the virtual Tevis is 100 miles in 100 days. So, um, you know, you don't have to do a mile a day. Some people do it in increments of one, three, five, 10, 25. We also have actual endurance riders who go out and have tried to do the whole hundred miles in one day on an, on a sanctioned 100 mile endurance ride. Um, it's a it's a neat event because everybody can participate. The only uh, requisite is that whatever you're doing, you do it under your own power. So not just you standing lunging your horse. You need to be, if you want to walk with your horse, walk with your horse. If you want to cycle, then you have to cycle. Um, and it has. We ask that you dedicate your uh, miles to actually completing the event. So don't just count your steps for the day that that you take during the day. Actually say, okay, I'm gonna go out and do some Tevis miles. Um, the, the fee for it, um, we've, we've gone back and forth with this. Uh, it's, we run it through a program called Run Sign Up. So a lot of people that if they're involved in, in running events are familiar with that website, uh, they sign up about $65. The monies for that go to helping preserve uh, the Western States Trail. So preserve, do trail work, things like that. Um, last year out here in Northern California, we had a really hard winter and um, a lot of trail work was needed. So the monies that we gain from the virtual Tevis go to help preserve that, um, do the trail work, pay for the equipment, pay, you know, materials, things like that. So One of, were you surprised at the number of uh, respondents? Do you, do you get like hundreds or thousands or? We, we have had this year, I think we cracked a thousand again. The wow. first year we had 1600. The second year, it dropped off a little bit. Third year, dropped off a bit more. This last year, it jumped off again, and we had up over a thousand. Wow, that's, so that, that's amazing! Aren't you so glad you tried that? When you did? Yeah, and and uh -huh. really glad that Krista came up with that with that suggestion. Um, it's just. And, and while it, it brings us some money, it doesn't make or break us, but what it does do is it, is it just makes, you know, it makes the world a better place. It gives somebody something to focus on, um, something to do, something to feel like they have um, achieved something. Throughout the event, as you're moving through and you log your miles, you go into the computer program and you just, we don't. Because it's not a competitive event and it's all on the honor system, we don't require you to 
um, submit uh, GPS tracks to prove that you did those miles. But you just go in, you log in under your own specific login, you, you say, you know, I did three miles today. And as you go through the Tevis Trail, let's say once you get to mile 32, 36, it shows that you're at Robinson Flat. And so it'll send you an email with say, congratulations, you've made it to Robinson Flat. And um, it'll pop up some pictures of what it looks like through there, give you a brief description of what's what normally goes on at Robinson Flat, which Robinson Flat is the first one hour vet hold in the actual Tevis. So it will do that when you go over Cougar Rock. It, anybody who who knows about Tevis or does Tevis, Cougar Rock is a big rock formation that you can go up and over during the actual Tevis. So it's it's really neat um, that as you do that, and people don't realize necessarily realize that as they're logging in, and then they get a surprise email back congratulating them on reaching this milestone. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I, this whole thing is great. I don't think I'm going to get my cart and pony over Cougar Rock, though. I don't <laughs> think that's happening. Uh, the only way that's happening is uh, if I do it virtually. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's it's created a really fun community, a really fun online social media um, community where folks come in and they they post pictures of what they did that day, where they rode, where they hiked. Um, Some of them even make cute little photos of, you know, let's say their horse walking over a big boulder and that's their cougar rock. Um, Uh Yeah, so so really great about about folks being able to bond over that event. So and so give us the details. When does it start? When does it start? It is going to start 100 days prior to the actual Tevis this year. Okay. So um, that's going to be in April. April. The, or May? The, yeah. the, the 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 start will be in April. And um, don't make me do the math here. I'll fail miserably. <laughs> um, we'll start, we'll open up the registration in March. And um, we do it 100 days before. We found that that's uh, just a little bit more fun. That way, everybody, the actual Tevis riders and the virtual Tevis riders can all finish on the same day. So um, just kind of a, a neat little something that we do there with that. Uh, like I said, the registration fee is about $65. If you complete, and this is this is another thing, we we don't just send you a T-shirt because you signed up. We wanted to try and make it a little bit like the actual Tevis. You actually have to complete your 100 miles and submit your mileage for us to send you your completion swag. Mm. Um, and that's in staying with the whole. You know, it's kind of like on the Tevis. You you pay a pretty good. Uh, entrance fee but if you don't make it in 24 hours you don't get your tevis buckle you don't get your completion so some you might say well that sounds a little harsh yeah it might be but that's also the part that we wanted to stay with and keep it um just a little bit more like the actual tevis now we are toying with um going to just sending out the the swag with everybody that signs up um, doing a little bit more research and development with that. So one of the things that we do, we, we have, uh, done t-shirts this year. We did medallions as well. We do bandanas. Um, 
and everybody gets a completion certificate. So all kinds of fun stuff there. Yeah, the t-shirts were really nice this year. Yeah, we've had, um, the t-shirts have been designed by a lot of uh, different folks. Um, The first year, uh, another Board of Governors member, Lucy Trumbull, did the design for that one. And I believe Lucy even did our logo design. Um, But this last year, Shannon Whale, um, big name in the endurance capital there in Auburn, she did the design, graphic designer, she did the design for this year's shirt. So uh, really really neat stuff there. So how do people, do they just go to the website, sign up for the newsletter? How do they make sure they're informed about when they can start to register? We, the, we post it both on the website. So teviscup.org. Um, we post updates there. We also post updates on our Facebook page, our Tevis cup, 100 miles, 100 days. Um, that Facebook page, but we also have a virtual Tevis Facebook page and we also have Instagram, but, um, a lot, a lot of, uh, most of our activity comes off of those Facebook pages and we do, uh, uh, we'll continue to do announcements. So one of the things that we'll do today is after being on here, we'll make a post on our Facebook page about, Hey, listen to us here and, go and sign this is when our signups are going to open Terrific. so that folks know that all right and it's and the website again teviscup.org it's very easy t-e-v-i-s-c-u-p.org abigail thanks for joining us we really appreciate it thank you so much for first-time horse owners and new riders finding the information and support you need can be challenging That's why Equine Network has partnered with Sentinel and Absorbing to bring you My New Horse. From important horsekeeping information and how-to videos to social media communities, exclusive experiences, and more, My New Horse is your one-stop shop for riders of all levels and disciplines looking for easy-to-understand horse care information and guidance. Start your horse ownership journey today. Visit MyNewHorse.com. Well, we're still on the topic of virtual endurance rides, and our next guest is Christina Hike from the warhorseendurance.com site, and she's joining us to tell us about the virtual rides that she has underway or coming up. So welcome, Christina. Hey, Karen. Thanks so much for inviting me today. Um, I didn't think I would vet through and pass the vet check because I've had a little <laughs> cough lately, but I'm always happy to talk about the challenges. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you we have an hour, really so we give, give, as long as we get you through in an hour, you'll be fine. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right. So tell us about the virtual challenges that you have that I know you have a big one that just started. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Just to give you a little background um, on how they started, actually, if you're interested in that, I can do that. Uh-huh. Um, so I think we were the first virtual to start, um, and it was um, in response to the pandemic. And we only planned on ever doing one. And then um, when that one was done, people said, well, what's the next one? And so I, I thought of the next one. And then they said, well, when's the next one? And so this is kind of how this took over my life slowly. Um, but so now we are at, so we started in um, four years ago. So this is our fourth year. We have had 27 challenges 
we have supported and encouraged 7,000 riders in those four years. And um, yeah, we even just started a, a podcast called the Warhorse Journal this year. We have like five episodes of that out, but we're trying to highlight the riders to share their stories and how the challenges have helped them. And although we're not a charity, I do love to give to, to charities. And I want to make sure that's not confused because I'm absolutely a business, but I'm a business that likes to donate. Um, so some of the charities that we've uh, rallied around have been actually during COVID, we donated to AERC because they were struggling without the rides. Um, Boys and Girls Club of Rosebud Reservation might be my very favorite charity. Um, the Pony Express Museum, um, Operation Underground Railroad, Foundation for the Horse, um, Horsepower Healing Center, Horses Healing Heroes, MMIW, Black Hills Wild Horse Sanctuary, and the, um, the Last Chance Corral, and most recently, the Copper Horse Crusade. So when people ride with our challenges, very often, not always, but very often, we're donating $5 at least to a charity. So that is an aspect that I hear a lot of feedback about that people really enjoy having purpose in their ride. I got to tell you, Karen, we we just talked to Tevis about their hundred mile uh, virtual ride, and for me, that's a long way. I drive a I drive a little fat pony, so he he's, mm. he's going to die before that ends up <laughs> being finished. But Karen, here's one for you: the Route 66 <laughs> Kick Up Your Heels 2,448 mile challenge. That's perfect for mm-hmm. you. It is. How long do you get to do 2,400 miles? As long as it takes. We don't have, we really don't have, we really don't have deadlines. And I would say that some things differentiate us, which is I hear we have amazing awards. I, I am bothered all the time by people asking me where I get them. And my husband made me promise when I started this, like, you can invest this huge chunk of money into this. And maybe, you know, my husband said, only probably two people are ever going to join, honey, me and you, <laughs> you know, he's like, and it's okay if we lose that money, you're trying to do a good thing. So, so he really backed me our on that. Our spouses are always so po- supportive <laughs> of our, our ideas. <laughs> they have to be, if you own horses, they have to just kiss their money goodbye, basically. Anyway. So, <laughs> but um, we, you know, we've, we've uh, had minis being driven who have done, we had the Pony Express 1900 mile challenge and we donated a, a large amount of money to the Pony Express Museum um, during COVID. And, you know, we had minis complete that. I mean, I think oh, one of the highest- she's shaming me now. That's what I she's am. doing. She is shaming I, me. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of driving horses actually doing the challenges. And there's this one mini, um, Ellie May, and she is one of our highest mileage Team Little Legs is what we call her. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right, I'm going to be Team Fat Hackney. About that. Does that work? Yeah. yeah. Don't make me laugh. It's going to cost me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but, but we do we do have a lot of fun in the challenges. And, and I'll just take this time to publicly thank my people. Um, because during that first year, we lost one of our horses to EPM. And I had such an outpouring of love from this group of people. This is a very special Facebook group. I've never ran across another one like it. We definitely um, stay on topic. It's the Warhorse Endurance Conditioning Challenges on Facebook. And 
I regularly get gifts of love from these people. I've gotten things as far away as Australia. I've had um, one lady make me a prayer shawl. I had another woman um, make me a quilt. And these people are just, oh, that's it's, nice. a different, it's a different group. I mean, it's just like we so send each other get well cards and things when our animals pass away. And it's it's more than just the challenges, really. Right, right. You become kind of like a family, your own little group. So explain to us how this works. Like if somebody wants to sign up or learn about your challenges, how how does that all work? Warhorseendurance.com. I try to keep the current challenges on there. The only ones that are not on yet that are getting added are the one day freedom ride events, which we could talk about later, but basically just go on there, find one that's open. I have left the past ones on there mostly, and they'll say sold out. How so do I know there's on. so many though? How do I know which one to pick? Um, well, depends on what you like. Our biggest medal is the Valkyrie two, And all of them, most of them are miles challenges. If they don't say mile, then it's in hours. You can do hours or miles because uh, some people okay. said they don't have a way to track miles. So they wanted to track hours. And so we let them do that. And we did tell them you'll probably do three times the amount of miles <laughs> if you're tracking hours, but it's okay. Um, but really, you just sign up. We work on the honor system. And basically, you have as long to complete as you can. And the reason for that, we've had so many instances come up, like somebody lost their spouse or somebody lost their horse. And, you know, we are sending that award to them. And I always write on the back what is in there. So if they don't want to peek, I don't want to, you know, let them think this is something they ordered from Amazon. It's going to say Valkyrie across the back, you know, so open it at your own peril if you didn't want to see it till you're done. And Sometimes these awards get sent out way before the person's done and they just have to put it on a shelf and wait like Christmas. And sometimes, <laughs> okay, okay. And sometimes um, they're like, hey, I finished last week. And I'm like, well, the medals aren't here, so you have to wait. And But I have always heard it's definitely worth the wait that I am very picky about what I send people because that's 100 miles with either your own legs or your horse's legs that I want to honor that and I want to have a beautiful award. And um, the other thing I noticed the difference between them and tell me if I'm wrong is which charity you're supporting. So the different, mm-hmm. the different ride drive walks uh, support different charities. Right. And I, I guess I do lean heavily towards roads, Bud because they do have their own challenge. Um, and then also the, the Route 66, um, $5 for every entry on that will go to the Rosebud Club okay. out there, Rosebud Reservation. Um, these kids are wonderful. They send me thank you cards. They send me pictures. And they like they, they made a wooden frame and they all signed it from the first year. So we constantly get feedback that these awards are fabulous. And um, we don't give just a medal. We usually give a medal. And currently we've been giving a dog tag, a medal, a patch and a sticker. So they get quite a nice finishing package. And where would somebody go to sign up and learn more about all of these different challenges that you have available? I do have the icons for each one of them listed on Warhorse Endurance. Thanks a bunch. We appreciate it. Warhorseendurance.com. Thank you. Happy trails. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there. 
stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Our next guest is Jenna Harrison, who just recently won the 2023 AERC National Championship 100-mile ride. On that Congratulations. Ride, yay, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. 28 started and 18 finished. Jenna was first with a ride time of 8 hours and 57 minutes. Wait a minute. 100 miles in 8 hours and 57 minutes? Yes. yes. Oh, my God, girl. That's flying. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, my gosh. Is that your fastest time ever? Yes. It's most people's fastest time ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, no, most people never hit that time. What am I talking about? Some people, <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people take that long to do a 50, Glenn. Yeah, I know. So. It's just like crazy. <laughs> so that's like oh a crazy God. fast time. I, I know. And the, the first four or five riders were all kind of in that range there. They were all yes. flying. Yeah, it was, a, okay. it was a pretty competitive field. So tell us about the ride. It was um, it was a very very good ride. I found it was very well managed. Uh, everything was just very professional. Um, the volunteers, the vets, everything was just. It was a very very well run ride, um, and the trails were great. It was mostly sand, and, and there's quite a bit of route. So some of it was pretty technical, but um, the horses just did great all day. And I, I was surprised for. Uh, the kind of terrain that it was that we were able to set the pace that we did. Um, Where was but, it? Uh, uh, it to... was held in Kennard, Texas. I'm not sure if I'm saying that it's either Kennard or Kennard. I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced, um, um, but it's close to kind of the, I think, Lufkin, Nacogdoches area. Um, but yeah, so we were pretty much running through forest all day on mostly single track trail. When I say single track trail, like you can get some single track trail that's really tight and narrow. Um, but this was like, you still had lots of space for your horse, but it was still windy turny with with roots and, and whatnot. And some pretty good um, gullies going into some some good washouts and, and whatnot. And it... Um, uh, it was it was technical, but it was a lot of fun. And like like I said, there was uh, about five five of us that were kind of all running at the front together. Um, so that that kind of broke it up quite a bit. That a lot of different horses were able to take the lead and and whatnot. That um, uh, but yeah, we were all running really close together, which over a hundred miles is not necessarily very common. It um, usually kind of throughout the day, especially over the multiple vet checks, everyone tends to get pretty spread out. Uh, as different horses, their heart rates will come down at different times. And so you'll, you'll be let back out on your next loop, uh, either ahead or behind. And so generally kind of more progressively throughout the day, things tend to get spread out. But I mean, obviously it was the national championships and, um, quite a few, I don't know if you guys know this, but quite a few of the, um, uh, horses there, or at least at the front runners anyways, were all horses that had also just completed the Tepes cup in July. And so it, they were all very, very fit horses uh, and very mm-hmm. well-trained um, and well-conditioned horses. And so I think, I believe that's why uh, many of us were actually able to to stay together up front so close, which is is not necessarily common. Um, so that, that made it quite a bit of fun. I, I really enjoyed myself at the ride. Now, had you ridden any of these trails previously? 
not this course in particular. Um, I we I just moved down to Texas uh, just over a year ago. Uh, my family and I moved from Canada. So we're actually starting to kind of just get to know all the different terrain and environments uh, within Texas. That, I mean, and obviously Texas is such a big state, so I should say more narrowed down to East Texas. Uh, we're, we're just getting to know the races down here. So that was actually my first time ever attending uh, the race at that particular venue. Tell us about Lily Creek Kong. Uh, he is just a superstar. Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily ever really good at at talking about myself so much but I thought he's, <laughs> he's one that's worth talking about because he he is just fantastic he is I believe 15 years old now um and he I believe this was uh and and Cameron may correct me on this afterwards but I believe this was his 15th 100 mile race uh the national championships and he's been competing for I think over 11 years now and like he's he's just amazing. Uh, it just astounds me how much this horse has done and for how long, and that he just can keep going. I mean, he was so so strong uh, on race day. It really really surprised me coming to the end. Uh, the very very last loop that we did was the fastest loop that we did, which same thing is not always common for a one hundred mile. Obviously, the horses are are getting tired close to the end, but, um, so are the riders. Ended up... so are the riders. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but I mean, he was just, he was, he was amazing. He, he's so strong. He's very, very, uh, skilled, very talented. And he just, he knows his job. He knows what he's doing. And he just came alive that last loop, uh, when it came time to let's dig in and go. Uh, he was just, he was waiting for that all day. Um, because the trails were more technical, we did quite a bit of trotting, which uh, in a lot of his training, he he does a lot of counter work. And so when we have to do more trotting, mentally, you can tell he just kind of gets a little bit down uh, in the sense that he just kind of gets bored of it and he wants to do something that's a little more fun. Uh, and so when it came time for that last loop and he realized that we're going to go, then he just, he lit up and it was, uh, yeah, when it came down to doing the runoff at the end, like he just, he dug in and was just, there was so much power coming from him. It was, um, it was quite, quite fascinating, quite exhilarating. And it's, it's really been an honor to, to be able to ride him. Um, uh, it's been, yeah, it, he's taught me a lot and he's, um, just an amazing competitor. I can't, uh, yeah, more than that, I'm, I'm not really sure. It's uh, it's just been truly amazing to to have the opportunity to ride him and compete on. Now, him. had you have you ridden him prior to this ride? So he a little bit of a backstory on him. He's actually owned by a woman named Cameron Holzer, which I believe you said that you you've interviewed her before. Uh-huh. Um, so. She uh, has been doing endurance for many years and uh, she's owned Kong, I believe, since he was like two years old. And she, so obviously she's ridden him and, and competed it, uh, on him uh, for many years. Um, however, she has just recently started a family and she uh, was pregnant and not able to keep riding and conditioning her horses. So she had reached out to our family. Uh, who had just recently moved to Texas. She knew us through endurance racing from years prior, but she just found out that we had moved to Texas and reached out and asked if we would be interested in uh, taking on some of her horses and conditioning them and campaigning them for her. Uh, and so 
Uh, we thought that it was a great opportunity and, and we had agreed. And she, at that point, had told us that they were all fit to to go ahead and do Tevis that year. So that would have been in 2022. Um, no, sorry, that was 20. This was that was this past year. That was 2023. Uh, anyway, so they were fit enough to do that. So we took them on and we did uh, one 50 mile race on them. I, so I did one 50 mile race on Kong um, and then obviously did more training on him. I took him to the Tevis Cup in uh, July of 2022, and we placed third uh, at the Tevis Cup, which was same thing. I have to give a lot of credit to Kong as uh, he he's done that race before. He's done it more times than I've done it, and he mm-hmm. he basically he taught me a lot just about uh, competing there, and it was a big big learning curve for myself to actually be going and running at the front at the Tevis Cup, which I've I've never done. Um, so I did do that, which is a hundred mile race across the Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, so it's, it's a tough race, that one. And he, he took me through it and he was just, he was really, really good. So those are kind of the only two races that I did on him, uh, leading up to the national championships. I obviously ridden him a lot in conditioning and, and training him for the rides, but yeah, so the national championships was basically my third race on him, um, in total. Well, I read one of your posts where you talked about the last 10 miles on the national championship. Tell us about yes. that. That was, yeah. So that was the last loop of of the national championship. So uh, like I had said, it was really, really close, tight field all day. Uh, and it's not, like I said, it's not common for five riders to be staying together uh, all day long. So that was that was quite exciting. When it came to the last loop, uh, there was three of us that were being let out just one minute ahead of the other two riders. And so we went off and decided to to take off in a gallop and try to just put as much distance as we could within that one minute, which isn't really a lot of time uh, when you're considering how many miles you're you're going over. Um so anyway, so we we took off and decided let's just try and lose them at the beginning if we can. And so it was one other girl and I, because there was three of us let out at the same time, but the third girl decided that she didn't want to go as fast as um, the other competitor and I were going. And so we were going. And um, to my surprise, I was actually really expecting the other two that were released one minute behind us to catch up to us. And they didn't. Um uh, and the only reason I was expecting them to is because they are seasoned competitors themselves. Uh, so I was fully expecting that they were going to take off like we took off. Um, and to my knowledge, I believe they completed only like a minute or two behind us. So I think they maintained the same pace that we maintained, but they just didn't never actually ended up catching us, uh, which I was surprised by. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was... Um, that was kind of the loop like that Kong just came alive and decided this is what I've been waiting for all day long. And uh, he was just flawless through it all. Uh, He did. He did really, really well. Wow. Wow. What fun. And to finish in under nine hours. That's just amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was uh, an incredible day. It was really a, a great day. And I have to give also, obviously, a lot of credit to my my family, who was my crew as well. Um, mm-hmm. They have, through any races, but especially this one, were uh, just so amazingly supportive um, throughout the whole day. Uh, Kong, he's he's a um, a big boy, 
And so usually, and this is, I believe, what a lot of the other competitors at the front of the field were kind of hoping for, because he's big and it was a hot day, usually he takes a little longer to pulse down uh, than most other horses. Um, and so to meet the pulse criteria, generally, it's not uncommon for him to be a couple minutes behind everybody else. Um, but my crew was just phenomenal that day. I mean, they just, they worked so hard to just get him cooled as fast as as they could. And uh, as much as they were able to, they met us out on trail and would just pour cold water on him on trail just to keep him uh, going and feeling refreshed and feeling just invigorated uh, throughout the whole day. And so that's uh, a big, big key uh, when it comes to when you're going to be running at the front and you're going to be competitive is you need the right crew that that can help take you and your right. horse through that day. Um, people don't realize, but it's a lot of people will actually do endurance and they don't have the crew or they'll have one person to kind of help them crew. And then that's where usually you end up eating up a lot of your time is that the vet checks are leading up to the vet check to pulse your horse down. And mm -hmm. so I think a lot of people were kind of hoping and expecting that Kong was going to be kind of slowly fading into the background throughout the day with the multiple vet checks that we would have to go through. Um, but my crew, were, they were just on it all day. And uh, I have to give a lot, a lot of credit to them as well, because they, uh, they just amazed me. And it was basically, we were, if we were not right at the vets at the same time as everybody else, we were maybe like one minute behind. And so then I was able to catch the, them out on trail uh, each time, because like I said, one minute is, is not that much, especially if your horse is really motivated to catch the horses that went out ahead of him kind of thing. So. I got to tell you, though, Jenna, you're going to need your crew. I saw a picture of you with the trophy. You're going to need your crew to lift that thing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big one. It's, uh, yeah, it definitely has a lot of weight to it. <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest, fattest, heaviest trophy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's quite large. <laughs> Usually you get these little skinny trophies. This one must be two, a foot and a half across. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and apparently it gets just like bigger and bigger the more that obviously this this goes on because they just keep adding to the base so that people can keep putting it's their plaques around huge. it. So, it cracked me up when I saw trophy. you with it. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. This horse, I'm seeing the pictures of you with this horse. This horse is tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's... um. So his breed, he's a Shagya, which is a close relative of the Arabian, but he's a Shagya Tricaner cross. Which he is has not... a Tricaner head. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have an Arab head. I was looking at his head going, that's not Arabian. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and so it's not a common breed for uh, endurance. Shagyas are becoming more popular uh, in endurance, um, but generally it's an Arabian or an Arabian cross. And so the fact that he's he's got the Shagya, which obviously is closely related to the Arabian, but the Dracaner uh, is not generally a breed that you would use for endurance just so because does, of their size. Does he pee off around the single tracks? Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> no, mostly no. probably because I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he probably could, but... <laughs> A hearty congratulations to you, Jenna, and to Kong as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Well, that was a fun show. She was so enthusiastic, and I love the fact that it was an unusual breed of horse that ended up winning. Exactly. I love that. And now all of you have to go out and sign up for a virtual race of some sort for the next year. There's plenty of options <laughs> It'll there. Get Yep, and you'll have a goal and something to motivate you during these short daylight 
you know, days of it, winter. <laughs> it was funny. I was just telling Jennifer, and I am not a competitor. I've not been competed at stuff. Well, I guess I kind of have. I've been a competitor in business, but you know, I'm not a competitor naturally. Wendy was trying to talk me for years into getting into combined driving and all of that, and I just wasn't interested. Partly because you had to do dressage, and that just didn't interest <laughs> me at all. So, um, but the, you know, I told Jennifer the other day. I said we need a goal. So that we work to the goal. We're better when we have a long hike coming up or, you know, we're going overseas to do a hike or something like that. We have a goal. This could be a goal. Exactly. That could be a goal. Now, for me, the Tevis one, I I need the goal with with an end date because otherwise I'll put it off and put it off and put (laughs) it off. I don't know about you, but I would be, I know myself, I would be lazy and just say, well, I can wait till tomorrow and then tomorrow's next year. (laughs) <laughs> so, so the Tevis one sounds interesting, and I would have a little time to get Scooter in shape so he could actually do more than half a mile a day. So, for sure, they get breaks yes. over the summer here because it was so freaking hot, <laughs> so hot here. So we don't do much riding or driving over the summer. So th- this is our time of year. This is our uh, our summer is just coming in now. Mm-hmm. Where it's actually cool enough to do something. But uh, where can people find rides and find rides in their area coming up this year or next? Oh, go to AERC.org and look up the ride calendar. And then you can search by region or by state and find rides that are local to you. And rides are always welcoming, almost always welcoming for volunteers. They need volunteers. So if you can't ride, go volunteer and you can learn a lot just by doing that. All right. Very good. And where can they find you? Um, I have started a new blog again, and it is nvenduranceriter.com. And of course, you can find all the past episodes of The Endurance Show. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down the middle of the page, click on the Endurance banner, and that brings you up uh, probably hundreds of them by now. So uh, you have a lot of catching up to do right there on the (laughs) website at horsesinthemorning.com. You can find all the Endurance episodes there together. Auditors, hang on. We'll do a bit of a post-show. Apparently, we're talking about driving in the post-show with Karen, so hang on for that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate it, and we hope that you have all the Endurance riders have a wonderful Thanksgiving and get out there and have some fun over the holidays.